Thank you to this episode's sponsor, Tribe of Queens, co-founded by my dear friend, Lark Dean Galley and author Richard Paul Evans. Lark was interviewed on ICU episode 51, where she talked about her son's suicide and how it has changed the way she does business. I am so excited about this new company she started with Richard, where their mission is to empower women in every area of their lives through transformational trainings and local international connections. Find out more about Tribe of Queens at tribeofqueens.com. Welcome to ICU, a podcast where we advocate that compassion and connection save lives. They also make life pretty cool. I'm your host, Julie Lee. I see you. Welcome to the ICU podcast. This is episode 82, Women Want to Be Seen with Brittany Crane. Thank you for some of the new ratings and reviews we've had on the podcast. That means so much to me. A quick announcement, as I transition into more speaking with my book coming out this fall, my URL for the ICU podcast, I have changed to Julie Lee Speaks, which is what it was in the beginning, I'm learning, but apparently people remember you better if you have your name in it. We're um, keeping it to Julie Lee Speaks. If you search icupodcast.com, it'll still take you to the same place, but if you're confused, that's that's why. I'm getting excited about this manuscript. I think it's going to end up really good. There have definitely been moments where I like cry in the tub, but I think in the end it's going to it's gonna be really special. I'm pretty excited about it. I don't want to waste a lot of time. We are going to turn over to our interview with Brittany, and Brittany's sitting right here. She's being very quiet. Brittany, you're the founder of Get Out Girl. Yeah. And I'm super excited you're here. <laughs> Thanks for having me. I rode my bike over and everything. It's fun to know that we only live like a mile and a half away from yeah. each other. Yeah, we first talked on the phone and we realized that we lived like two minutes from each other. So that's special. So this is like the first date. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> Will you start by telling us a little bit about yourself? Sure. I'm a mom of four kids. I've got ages ranging from 11 to three. So they keep me busy with lots of tantrums and, and fits, but also lots of hugs and kisses. My two favorite places are the mountains and the mall, which is ironic, I know, (laughs) but that's how I roll. The mountains are really my happy place where I feel most like myself. It's where I try to go the most often to feel grounded. I have suffered from postpartum depression and anxiety and people pleasing. I'm a, I'm a big people pleaser. And so I've, I've spent a lot of time at counseling and just a lot of investment into my mental health to figure out how to become my best self. And the last six years, I can say, have been the best six years of my life because I've been able to put into practice everything that I've learned. It's been life-changing and and really awesome for me and my whole family. That's amazing. That makes me want to be even better to myself. I I try, but um, you can tell. You can tell. You you look full of light and you're happy. Huge testament to self-compassion. So tell us about Get Out There, Girl. So to start with Get Out There Girl, I have to tell you about an experience that I had. So I suffered from postpartum depression really severely after my third baby. I got to the point where my husband pushed me to counseling. Um, I had suicidal thoughts and, and different things. So when I found out I was surprised pregnant with baby number four, I cried for the first two months, not because I wasn't happy that I was going to have another baby, but because I was so scared to go back to that dark place. So after I surrendered that to God and, you know, said, God, you sent him here for a reason. This is your timing. I'm going to accept it. You know why he's here, why he's coming. 
I guess, um, I went through my pregnancy, had him, everything was great. About three weeks after he was born, we decided to go on a spontaneous trip to Moab. We were like, let's load up and go. I need to get out of the house. (laughs) So we went to Moab and while we were driving around, I just had this amazing experience where God told me that I had one life and I needed to live it. I needed to go out and play and do the things that I loved. And it was life changing. Like it was one of those moments that it was just like, hit you like a ton of bricks. And so ever since that moment, I've done everything I can to take care of myself and to put myself back on the priority list. It doesn't mean that I don't take care of my kids or that I am selfish in any way. I I really feel like self-care is the best way to take care of other people. If I take care of me, then I'm better able to take care of my family. And I've proven that the last four years. I've proven that as I take care of myself and prioritize my, my needs as well as my family's needs, that I'm, I'm a better mom, I'm a better wife, I'm a better friend because I'm more full of life and love. So anyway, all of that happened. I started getting out more. I started playing more and doing all of those things, living my life right to its fullest. And I was inviting people to come along and lots of people wanted to come. And then they invited their friends and they invited their friends. And then I had strangers asking to come. And I thought this whole time, like what, you know, adventure does for me, it wakes me up, it makes me feel alive, but I didn't realize how it does that for everybody almost, you know, like there's, there's a lot of women just like me who crave adventure and who crave the outdoors and how the outdoors is healing for them. And, and so I thought, Hey, I I have something here. Let's, let's go for it. Let's make it an LLC and let's start planning some, some retreats and make it official. And so that was, that was two years ago, and, and ever since then, it's just been growing. And I love seeing women come on my retreats and taking care of themselves and wake up kind of to life and how good it can be. That's really cool. That's a cool story. Well, and because you have such a personal passion for it, because you saw that, you saw how it's mm-hmm. changed you, right? Yeah. And so you can testify to that. What have you learned about women specifically in your business? So I've learned that women want to be seen. They want to share their story and be loved regardless of the good and the bad that's in their life. Um, I think for a long time, we as women have put our best foot forward and tried to only show the good parts of ourselves. But not only is perfection impossible, but it's exhausting (laughs) to try to fake it. We don't want to do that anymore. I think women are waking up everywhere realizing, I don't, I don't want to fake it anymore. It's exhausting. I'm tired. I just want somebody to see me, to see my weaknesses and my strengths, to see all of me and to love me regardless and to be my friend. When women come on these retreats with me, they are willing to share their story and they're willing to be vulnerable and connect with other women because they, they're craving that too. And when they see how open and vulnerable other women are. It just connects them. And I love seeing the friendships made. So many women come on my retreats not knowing anybody and they leave with a dozen new friends and they stay in touch with each other because they've connected in real and vulnerable ways and they know that they have a a true friend. Because of all of those stories that I've heard, I felt very strongly that other women need to hear those stories. So I actually started a new blog series on my blog called Share My Story, where every Monday... I share another woman's story. So I ask somebody who's been on a retreat with me to, to share their story. And then I, I post it on my blog. And, and the purpose of it is just for us to see our humanity, to see our relatability with each other, to see how much alike we, we really are and to connect. 
what's something that you can share to help women be more self-compassionate? I think the first thing is to identify what makes them critical. There's always a root cause. For me, when I dug into that, I, I realized I thought that I had to be critical in order to motivate myself. I wanted to be my best self. I'm competitive. And I just thought, okay, well, I need to pick myself apart if I want to be my best, especially with like my body. I thought if I hate my body, then I'll be more motivated to change my body, right? And to work out and to be the ideal weight and, right. and all of those things. Right. But I was wrong. And studies have proven that being compassionate is what really leads to true change. If we find out the root cause of why we are critical, what we think the purpose of being critical is, uh, maybe it was family member who was really critical and it's just become a habit because they spoke to us that way. Or maybe there was something in our lives, an event that, you know, we started getting in the habit and it's just continued with us. Whatever the cause is, we got to figure that out. In my self-compassion workbook, we actually, that's what you dive into on day two is the root cause of, of your criticism. And then once you figure out why you're critical and the situations that bring it out in you the most, then you're able to, to begin the healing process. Oh, I'm so excited to start. I have the workbook right here and I'm so excited to start it. It's just fun. Being in your presence makes you're like, yeah, I, I believe everything you're saying. I want to be, I want to be more self-compassionate. I can tell, I can tell you believe it. I feel like there's a lot of interesting attitudes right now um, on different gender roles in the culture. There's a lot of there's a lot of hurt feelings from the past, maybe, um, of women not feeling seen, which there's definitely truth to that. But there's also men that need to be seen. And we know that. We know that as we lift up women, we don't need to put down men. And so we kind of went back and forth as we talked about this episode of what we wanted the focus to be, because I certainly know many men that are craving to be seen. And so what we're going to talk about also relates to men, would you say? Yeah, I'm actually hoping to write a self-compassionate workbook aimed towards men. This summer, I've had some people reach out to me saying, hey, my husband needs this or yeah. my boyfriend needs this or different things like that. And so I'm really hoping to to get that groundwork laid this summer because you're right, men, mean, men need it just as much as women. Yeah. And they're actually even more quiet about it, I think, than women are because men, just the gender identity, we think that men need to be rough and tough, right? Which yep. is which is not true. And so both people, both genders need it. So having said that, having recognized that, what can men do to help women feel seen? Um, well, from my experience on my retreats, I've had several men comment or message me and say, my wife came home so alive and so full of life and so happy. And thank you for this retreat. I've also had women tell me that after they came home, their husband was like, you need to go on more of those. <laughs> and then their husband will make sure that they help arrange because it's hard for a, a wife and a mom to leave, right? For a couple days. Um, there's a Definitely. lot that, that needs to, to happen and be arranged. And so I love when I hear men say, I'll help arrange anything that I need to, to make it possible. And that's after they've seen the results of their wife taking a weekend to themselves and, and healing. And, but really what men can do is help reassure, reassure women that it's okay to take time for her. Women tend to feel guilty for taking time for herself and for spending money on herself. And so we just, sometimes we as women just need a little nudge, like it's okay. You do a lot and you deserve this and you're not selfish. 
in any way. And so I, I think that would probably be my number one recommendation is just to reassure her and encourage her to, to take care of herself because in turn, she'll have more energy and, and more love to give. 100%. And it makes me think of when you make an investment in, in good therapy or counseling, how it's really hard to put a price on the dramatic change in just quality of life that changes when you're able to take care of yourself like that. If there's a woman listening who doesn't feel seen, what is your message to her? Well, first I would say see yourself. Make sure that you are seeing you. I feel really strongly about that, that we are each responsible for our own happiness. And so we can't go around and and say nobody sees me and, and throw fits about it when we don't see ourselves. And so if we recognize that we matter, that we are an infinite soul, we have needs, and that we are human. Being human means we are incapable of perfection, so we cannot hold ourselves to that standard. Once we, we see ourselves in all of those regards, then life gets better and more people will see us after we see ourselves. Second tip would be to share a little part of your story with somebody. I had a counselor several years ago give me this advice and I've I've termed it the friend test. I actually wrote a whole blog about it where when you have a friend, maybe it's a new friend or it's a a friend that you've had for a while, but you want to see if you can be a little more vulnerable with them, you know, you share a little piece of your story with them, just something small, something not too deep or personal. You're just testing the waters, right? Right. So you share something a little vulnerable with them and then you see how they react. Um, you can pay attention to how that person responds. Do they change the subject um, really quickly? Do they kind of get fidgety and their body language closes up? Do they get distracted easily or do they like see you? Do they connect with you and do they maybe share a little piece of your of their story with you in return but that's that's the friend test that's how you know somebody sees you and then you can in turn see them back and it's a wonderful way to connect but you've got to be brave and you've got to you've got to put yourself out there a little bit in order to be seen so see yourself and then do the friend test yes <laughs> right because we don't have to have we don't have to share our lives with everyone we need to share it with someone Right. Yeah. I think I have I have certain friends that are great running friends for me that were workout buddies. I have great shopping buddies. Mm-hmm. Um, That's have, always important. Yeah. A good shopping buddy because husbands don't like to shop. No, no you've yeah. got to have a good shopping. Buddy. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I have friends that I, I call when I'm in a dark place and that I know will if they're available, they will answer and they'll help me get to a good place where they won't just feed my my pessimism and different things but they'll they'll remind me that I am an infinite soul and, you know maybe I'm having body image issues and I'm really struggling then they'll be like Brittany you're not your body remember your body's a tool to experience life they'll help me get grounded and and see you know they'll validate my worth and different things like that and they'll let me rant to them about you know something that I'm upset about my husband with or mm-hmm. you know you you need those friends and I encourage everybody, to, if you don't have those friends now, to go search for them because you need them. Yeah, because we have a couple minutes. Just a thought on body image. Uh, Chanel Nielsen, who is the creator of the podcast Mothers Who Know, uh, she shared recently on here, she shared the idea that my body is the least interesting thing about me. 
And I loved that. that. I'm like, isn't that the truth? Yes, I love that. I love that. And while this episode, we haven't specifically focused on body image alone as women, it's something that we struggle with so much. I know a few women who don't. I don't think I know any women who don't. And I think that's always something that we constantly have to be aware of because I know for me, like I want my little girl to have her best shot at just loving her body for what it is. And as a, as a tool, and as like you said, like it's not her identity and it's not what gives her value or purpose. I just love that. Yeah, I love it. I think when we talk about self-compassion, the most common and relatable examples of needing self-compassion is talking about our our body because we tend to be so critical of our body and just think that it's something to be looked at rather than a, a tool. Um, I love following Beauty Redefined. Mm-hmm. They are so fabulous and their their mantra of your body is an, is an instrument, not an ornament. I like that. It's two twin sisters that have their PhD from the University of Utah and they've created this whole movement that's just fabulous. They talk about body culture and how there's so many little slights that that media throws at our body to get oh, us yeah. to hate ourselves. When I took a whole course on that in college and it was it was crazy looking through the common ads. Oh, it's mine. I mean, pictures of women's body with their face cut off, like their face isn't even there. I mean, it just, it blew my mind. Yeah, something that Beauty Redefined also mentions is don't post the picture of you in your swimsuit with your curves saying, I love my body with that. Like, you don't even right. need that aspect of it. Like, that's that's even making your body, you know, you can love your body, but you can also love your body without taking that role of of sexualizing your body. Yeah. So they're, they're wonderful. They have a great TED talk and they're just really great to follow. I'm going to look them up. Well, thank you for being here today. Were there any final thoughts you wanted to share that we didn't get to? No, I think, I think that's it. I would love for people to, to purchase my self-compassion workbook and to spend 15 days learning how to be kind to themselves I really feel like self-compassion is the key to living your best life. We all want to live our best life. That's my whole purpose with Get Out There Girl is to encourage and inspire women to live their best life. And, and I feel like that's not possible unless you are kind to yourself. I believe you. <laughs> I'm here staring at her face and I believe you. And I love how you worded that. It's almost like self-compassion is the key that unlocks this brand new world that some of us don't even know exists, right? Yep. Higher quality of life, happier family, better everything. Yep. And it's something that you pass on to everybody around you. It it starts with you and then it trickles down and it affects everybody. I'm excited to start this and maybe I can talk a little bit uh, about my own progress on here. Where can people purchase this? So it's getoutthergirl.com forward slash self-compassion. Perfect. And I'll put that in the show notes as well. Thank you for riding your bike two minutes over to my house. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for having me, Julie. Another big thank you to our sponsor for this episode, Tribe of Queens, a company co-founded by Lark Dean Galley and Richard Paul Evans, who is the founder of the Christmas Box House. The mission of the Tribe of Queens is to empower women in every area of their lives through transformational trainings, local and international connections. During this quarantine period, Lark has personally found the online connections to be invaluable. Tribe of Queens will be starting their in-person trainings again shortly. Check out more about them at Tribe of queens.com. Podcast listeners, thank you for being here today. This certainly has made me more empowered and excited to be more self-compassionate to myself. While I believe it, 
and I've definitely learned it through the years. I think I myself have been slacking off a little and I've been kind of hard on myself, especially during this book writing process. I am so grateful for this interview we've had with the founder of Get Out Girl, Brittany Crane. And I hope that you will come with me on a journey to be more self-compassionate to ourselves. And I'm going to start on this workbook tonight. My name is Julie Lee, and I see you 